Welcome to the Jungle Brothers Podcast, guys. It's me, Joey. We got Paulie in the house. What's up? He's serving the coffee right now, and we got JT with us today. Oh, yes, in the place to be. Welcome, bro. How are you? Oh, I'm ecstatic. I'm really, I'm so stoked to be back on here because I actually feel a kind of, it might be, you know, allowed, but I feel like I belong here. That's right. Yeah, I'm part of the JB crew now, officially. Yeah, this is your first potty with us um, since you've become a full-time coach at the gym. Yeah, that's right. And uh, it's awesome because I've spent a bit of time here and obviously no less excitement. I always feel excited to come up in here and be on the podcast. But now having been here for a good uh, five months and being in the place a lot and being around everybody, man, it's a good good vibe. That's cool. Yeah. It's... um. You like how I make it feel like we're just catching up. It's yes. like, hey, haven't seen you for ages. Oh, like, welcome wow. to the podcast. <laughs> Whereas, like, we do a pod, we did a podcast for Bulletproof like two days ago. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, so, and I have, and we did we shot some content this morning. So we've been talking all fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> Stop looking at me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good to see you, man. Hey, how you been? Yeah. God, how's the baby? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, that's cool, man. Yeah. So I guess um, to give folks a bit of background, you moved up from Melbourne at the beginning of the year. I did actually, it was just, uh, in truth, as soon as the uh, kind of lockdown came off and they opened the borders, we'd, uh, we were looking to move up around the kind of uh, 10th of December last year. I came up just before Christmas, living with my parents and then looking for a place and officially moved in to SYD, Sydney in Zetland, uh, 2nd of January. Sick. It's been great. Sydney's been so good to us. I think there's a little bit of apprehension between myself and uh, my partner, Ola. But man, it's been so good. So good to be here at JB's. And I think it was definitely the right move. What were the apprehensions moving cities? I think Melbourne's a great city. And because we spent a lot of time there, it was a bit unknown. So, I mean, I don't, I didn't really, even though I grew up in Sydney as a teenager, uh, I didn't get to spend much time as an adult. So I don't really know the city that well. And I think it's a very different city now. Um, when I left, I was 21, you know, it's 15, 16 years later, and then it's a different city. But also this area, Botany, it's coming up. It's on the come up, right? Yeah. So cool that's, now. it's really Botany's nice. Strong. It is cool. Um, and, you know, when, yeah, everything, there's so many good aspects to Sydney that I think are underrated. Uh, I think there's lots of people, don't get me wrong, I'm definitely the first person to say, oh, Melbourne's a better city. But that said, now being in Sydney, I'm like, oh, having nice weather is a, a significant upside. <laughs> 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 wow, like it really, uh, literally outshines a lot of other features. <laughs> You'll be in the Goldie soon. Yeah, well, no, no, no. <laughs> Two years no. here. <laughs> no, no, Sunny no. all day, airy day. <laughs> but I think it's, it's one of those things that I think also having the Jungle Brothers community and also friends in the BJJ community up here has helped the transition for me. And then also uh, obviously having the, uh, my partner engaged with the Jungle Brothers community has been awesome as well. Yeah, it's cool. I guess the um, having, a, having a gym with a community like ours and just like a base where you can start to work and, and, and hang out and stuff, mm. it, it's helpful, isn't it? Yeah, just definitely. We, we talk about that a lot from like um, for our members, like that it becomes that place for them. Like they're not, they're obviously not plying their trade here and, and, and running a business out of it, but they are like, it gives them a, a space outside of work and home to come to and they can hang with other good people and exchange information and just get some good vibes. And I think that really goes a long way. Yeah. And I think that's the only, it's possibly one of the most significant things is when you kind of uproot, you move cities. If you've lived in the city for a long time, you move to a new city establishing your clique, your community, and just your general social connections 
hairdressers, you know, mechanics, just basic stuff that's in your life that you take for granted. And you're like, well, I don't know who to go to. But that's been a great thing is just having a great network of people to connect into that. And Jiu-Jitsu being one of the best community builders, so also having Alliance BJJ, linking in with those guys, and even just my friends from other academies, grappling education, and there's been a few uh, debunkers from Victoria who've moved north or south, and so been able to connect with uh, other friends who I used to train with at Absolute MMA in Melbourne, in St Kilda, um, up here in Sydney, because they've moved up here, which has been cool. Was that all a bit of a response to COVID? Yeah, I think it was a massive response. leaving Melbourne? Yeah. Look, you know, Melbourne's a great city, but when you can't uh, engage in the city, it's just another place. And if Mm. you love jiu-jitsu, where you get like someone like Ari who wants to train jiu-jitsu six hours a day, he's going to, if you say he can't do jiu-jitsu, he will, he will, you'll see him commando, you know, you know, across enemy lines, you know, hip escaping shrimping his way through the jungle to make his way to new south wales because he's going to train jiu-jitsu no matter what it's like the movie heat you guys remember heat i do where, where robert de niro's kind of mentoring is he mentoring val kilmer yeah he's, no it's not val he's mentoring someone yes about being a bank robber and he's like in this life he's like you got to be prepared within like to walk out on everything That's you know right. and love within 10 seconds and never look back. <laughs> and it's like, Ari's like, Ari. for jujitsu, I'll fucking do yeah, that. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and to his credit, you know, I've, I've linked up with Ari and trained with him. He's a legend. And I've trained with Jeremy Skinner as well. Um, who are like good guys. That I trained with at absolute. And um, yeah, there's a few people who uh, even like Jess Fraser, she, she moved out of uh, Victoria. And it's just one of those things that you miss those people who you have a connection with but then at the end of the day you you are trying to live your life and it's not like oh it was war-torn like melbourne wasn't that bad but if you wanted to do jujitsu um then there's there's no there was no love there and it definitely cured me of the idea that this is the only place to be because i had always had it in the back of my head that um even though the gym i was working at before the richmond gym shout out the richmond gym james ross um ash all the all the good guys there is a great gym but it was just a fraction not as cool as Jungle Brothers. Oh. <laughs> no, it's great. It's it, If there was another gym you could train at that wasn't Jungle Brothers, you'd want to train there. They've got great kettlebell training, barbell, body weight. They've got a great handstand coach. Oh, they do a bit of body weight there? Mate, they do a bunch of body weight. Oh, that's cool. They've got a place to run a sled. You'd love it, Paul. Mm, I know what sled me. Yeah, it's so, well, it's, it's, it's mortifying, but it's great training. And it's a great place, but I think the... I've always had it in the back of my head, like, I wish I had a gym like Jungle Brothers. Matt upstairs, weights downstairs, great space. So to come here and, and be a part of that and now be a coach here officially and be the BJJ coach is, uh, head BJJ coach is a great honour. I'm stoked. It's We're cool. stoked to have you here. Pleasure. Thank I mean, you. yeah. And if anyone knows you, you can hear it in your voice if you're just hearing him now. You bring the energy. And uh, that is something that not everyone has and it's very unique and you bring it in a certain flavour. And, I mean, shit's definitely you've you brought that to the jiu-jitsu program and, I mean, yeah, people are loving it right now and making a lot of progress there. Well, I, I want to encourage people because I think jiu-jitsu really changed my life. Mm. Um, even though Joe would probably not attest to this, it has made me more humble. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, just let your imagination wander <laughs> for a moment. <laughs> Try to picture <laughs> what I was like. A, a less humble JT. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, oh, terrible human. So good. But um, but 
that being said, like it has had such a big impact on me. I, and I've said this to Paul. Uh, I don't. I haven't. I don't know if I've said this to you, Joe. I would teach jujitsu for free. Really, if I had another source of income that meant it didn't matter, I would still teach it because I get such a joy from from me being able to show a technique to someone and then see them make it happen. And you see that moment where they like their eyes pop a bit and they're like. I did it. I did it. I, I, did, did. I swept them. Oh no, I'm getting armbarred. <laughs> you know, like that's a, that's a cool, that's a really cool moment because then that has them believing in themselves more, uh, believing in jujitsu more and buying in to this, this really cool journey wherever it takes them. So um, getting opportunity to do that here is, is uh, immense. Yeah. You've brought, you know, further to what Paul said, you've injected some energy into the program here, which is, which is really awesome. I mean, you know, looking at what, um, like we've got the little band of um, female competitors. Yes. We've got Beck, Chloe, Fee. Um, am I missing anyone in there? I mean, we also, I mean, Noni left. Noni left, but she's still she's in there. She's surrogate. Lucy. She, yeah, that's right. Lucy. Yeah. yeah. And these girls are like, you know, not all of them are competing at every comp, but like at least a few of those girls are competing at every opportunity they get. Yes. Uh, and it's really down to the support of you and Nate and Paul, just like, just giving them what they like, giving them so much. Yeah, and I don't want to. I don't want to take any, uh, really, any credit for their enthusiasm. I think that's built off the back of all the hard work that Paul and Nate have already done, and um, and built them to their skills. But I'm just, I'm just razzing them. I'm like, strangle these people, get G'd, like steal some souls. Trying to bring the animal out. Yeah, because they they they're white they're white belts and they're way better than me when I was a white belt. They're so technical. I'm just like, now just get animal. You'll you'll dominate. Like all these other white belts, they're crap. And I just want to see <laughs> kill them because like why why shouldn't you? Like I just want to give them that encouragement. Like I just think like, um, in reflection on my own you know jujitsu journey, I I succeeded or um, I had whatever improvement I had in spite of the environment I was in, not because there was people around me going, man, you're really good. You should, you should go a bit harder. It was people around me just trying to keep me down. And I was like, try and keep me down. I'll show you. Don't bring the demon out in me. Ah! You know, like, <laughs> this is my internal dialogue. <laughs> but I, it, it's one of those things. But I, I think that I see them and I'm just like, man, they're so good. And so if they can be so good now, I'm really excited to see where it goes from here. And also the guys. The guys are tough. The guys probably don't get enough love. You know, shout out to Andy who went in his first comp at the ADCC and, and, and won. That no, was his second comp. Oh, sorry, second comp. Yep. But did very well. He just had his wisdom teeth removed. Oh, had he? Like literally couldn't close his mouth and couldn't talk properly. Oh, and he's got his accent. Yeah. <laughs> and he's can't Irish speak. lad. Irish lad with like missing teeth. And uh, guys and working like fucking 180 hours a week. And he still shows up this comp and puts absolute crossfade smash on some unsuspecting guy. Oh my Lord. He told me he, he felt bad because the guy that he was matched against was quite a bit younger than him. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. You Same weight category. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't think they were. Oh shit. Yeah, I think. Oh, I, I mean, they're approximate size, but Andy's a strong human. Were they around the same he size? Is. Ish. Yeah. Okay, I'd imagined it to be a smaller guy. But no, no, no. no All right, that's, just, oh, yeah, fuck him. At, <laughs> <laughs> you entered the comp, you came for the smoke. Um, no, and, and I think the other good thing is because we have Paul, who is uh, Paul Smivett, shout out. Um, beatbox extraordinaire, yet, oh, yet to be proven. Legend. Um, but breakdancing extraordinaire, definitely proven. 
Um, black belt under Joel Costello, good friend of ours. No, he's not a black belt under Joel. No? He's a black belt under Felipe Grez. Oh, okay, my mistake. I yeah. apologise. But he does coach with Joel. He coaches with Joel at yeah, Gracie. Balmain, uh, Balmain. Yeah. And, you know, he's a great black belt, and he and I have had pretty in-depth chats, and we have very similar thought processes, but it's good for the students. They get exposed to Paul. They get exposed to Nate. Nate has his own orientations and, and flavour. And then, and me too. So I think in that way, it's been good for everybody to get that variety. And uh, now we're just expanding it, you know, moving to have kids classes. And, you know, ultimately as we get more people, look to have, you know, lunchtime classes and really grow it into a, a pumping little jujitsu program. That's so cool. It's a, it's a cool thing. What, um, you know, with that, like having different coaches and like naturally each coach is going to be imparting their kind of, their game, their strategy, their, their sort of belief system. You know, for people who don't know, like the sport of jiu-jitsu is so, or the art of jiu-jitsu is so broad. There's so many things that you can work on. You, you, could, you can never truly master all of it. Yes. Um, how does that work then when you have, say, uh, you know, a coach who is giving a set of information and then on another night that same student's coming and there's another coach and they might be giving, not that information is necessarily conflicting, no. but how does that play out? I, so what we did was we sat down um, a little while ago under under your uh, guidance and suggestion that we get together and, and have our, um, you know, we have our monthly meeting, we sit down and we discuss what's going on in the program, gradings, all of that kind of thing. And we have planned out 12 weeks uh, under weekly themes and they kind of complement each other. So in the way that we might have working close guard, we also have a week which is passing close guard. And so you get both sides of the coin and what that means is they get exposure to different techniques and approaches to the same situation. So there's an opportunity for that person to work that game. I mean, when there's plenty of free rolling, so there's chances for them to do whatever game they want. But fundamentally, with the fundamentals class, um, there is that structure there. And then when it comes to like the more advanced students, the instructors are free to kind of riff and take it whatever direction they want, relevant to the questions of the higher or more experienced students. So I think... What we've done is we've set up a structure, which means um, students know, okay, this week we're working on this thing. They'll get exposed to a variety of ideas, which is good. Uh, yeah, like you said, I don't think anything's particularly contra contradictory in any way. It just might be a slightly different slant, like grip the belt like this or do this instead. And so that then broadens the student's idea of the concept. And then moving on from that, they get a chance to work on their own game. Like we always make time to have questions and, and if anything, I'd say we, we spend a lot of extra time with students after class trying to help them with their individual games. So I think the good thing about it is they get more exposure to more ideas, but there's not the confusion of one day we're doing close guard, next day we're doing Durambolo, next day we're doing choke. Like there is a theme, there's a chance for them to work through it, and then that is revisited uh, within a, a three-week period, a four-week period. Yeah, that's a common that's a common thing with jujitsu schools, isn't it? I remember I think my learning was like that for many years where it's like you just turn up on one class one night and they're teaching something and then the next night coach is like, Oh, let's uh let's work on this other thing. Mm. And it's kind of good, but you, really there's there's no sort of there's there was there's no forethought about yes. like, oh what am what's the process that I'm gonna take these guys on over the next six weeks or two months or whatever yeah. it is. Um, and you just end up picking up little bits of things. Mm. And then I think if you've got different coaches and they're taking that approach, it becomes a real mishmash, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I think when, if we go back to like learning in terms of like 
primacy and recency. Like uh, when you like, we only remember the beginning and the end. We don't really remember what's in the middle. So if people know what they started the week with and they know what they finished or like what their first class was and what their last class was, and if that's consistent, even if they're practicing the same thing, that means at least they're getting a chance to get some reps in. Because, you know, in a class you're only going to get, you know, a maximum of 20 opportunities or 30 opportunities to do that one thing without it being too boring. Um, but then being able to say, okay, guys, what you should understand is when we're passing this guard as opposed to playing this guard, here's how we undo this knot. So the person still has an opportunity to play that guard, but they're defensive now and the other person's really trying to pass their guard. So it's kind of both sides of the coin. When I was learning jiu-jitsu, uh, my coach when I was purple belt, Dan Cherubin, he said to me, you know, um, he was like, the better you understand um, how to pass a guard, the better you understand how to play a guard. Because he was like, knowing how to undo it is, is key to knowing how to do the knot tighter. Yeah. And so, so getting exposure to both things I, I think is important. And we factored that into our 12-week cycle for our um, beginners class. Um, now you, Paul, you are a blue belt. Now recently yes. I heard some talk which may mean that, uh, you know, you retire at that blue belt. <laughs> What's the talk? Well, you just what said, mate, I can't do jujitsu, sorry. Uh, and I was uh, like, are you that guy? I hope it are you quitting? It? Are you, uh, is it like- I was hoping you wouldn't come to this. Blue belt is the, <laughs> blue belt is the black belt for quitters. <laughs> are you that guy? Savage. I've been on this blue belt for long enough. Like, there's nothing to hide here. Anyway. Have you had your blue belt for longer than I've had my brown belt? Maybe. Wow, I didn't know. Really? I, well, I don't know. When, do you remember when you got it? Uh, I should know, but I don't. Because yeah. Paul actually rolls really well. Like, Paul is actually, I would love Sleek. to see him progress in jiu-jitsu. And it's just circumvent of running a gym and responsibilities. He can only yes. do one class a week, if that. Well, I was doing two, um, and and uh, it, it's not quitting. It's <laughs> I'm going on a hiatus. Like, I have right. to like chill for three months. Okay, um, because the I and you know I, I love your classes and also the off the mat stuff. Appreciate that, man. And Thank I you. can see it in your eyes because it's um, you know I want to please my coach, and you're basically I know that I need to do more, and you want me to come up. So I'm like I'm doing it really badly, and currently, as you said, I'm juggling quite a few things at this particular moment no I'm and I was like you, oh, it's you know okay. what I'm gonna just chill I'm gonna it's okay I'm gonna chill for a it's bit it's all right because I see you right when someone <laughs> says to me oh man <laughs> I can't come for xyz reasons yeah and now I look at their Instagram it's not xyz reasons you just don't want to be there it's all right just <laughs> yeah, tell me cool. you don't want to be at class that's cool yeah yeah, yeah. like it, but for you I understand like we spend a lot of time together outside of jiu-jitsu yes so I see all the work you're putting in I see how much you know you're doing in your life you've got kids you've got a lot of stuff Mate, I have no responsibilities. I, I still am, plan on coming and being a killer. No, you that's, are. But the thing is, the you are you are a, a killer in waiting. You got the you're like a <laughs> sleeper agent. We but, just have to say the right like safety word, like I don't know, tarot or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then he's engaged. No, Paul is engaged. <laughs> turns yeah. into Michael Jai White. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what you have to say is we've run out of tarot. Yeah, <laughs> <and> that, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's the thing, like I, I see yeah. so much potential in so many people here. And the challenge for me is coming from a full-time jiu-jitsu gym. Yes. Where yeah, yeah. I was saying this, people can't believe me here because they just don't, they're like, what? It's like when you go to Brazil and you see the passion of people and they're fighting to the death for no prize other than to win. Just, just a role in the gym, I won. Oh, you right, can't yeah. take me down, you can't beat me, I'm 
just in the gym, a gym hero. No one will ever know their name, but they will absolutely fight to the death, right? That level of intensity and passion, I've seen it firsthand and it's like really full on. Mm. Like people think I'm full on. I am toned down. I've learned to tone it down, right? I box <laughs> it up and tell it to the therapist. Um, <laughs> but, Shout out, Ola. <laughs> <laughs> she just, she sedates me. She sedates me. She gives me, she gives me food, pats me on the head, calms me down, makes me have naps. Quiet time now, James. Quiet yuck. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I think it's on those things that like, coming from absolute MMA in St Kilda, mm. a Friday night, you might have 50 people on the mat. Wow. And I mean, obviously people peter off and go out for drinks and do whatever. And there would be a social crew, but people would just stay till kick out. Yeah, yeah, even yeah. once people Getting had left, there was sure. still 25 people still kind of wanting to Milling around, roll yeah. until, until it turned the lights off. Like people just want to be there and that's your social circle. And people are just so into getting better. And not all those people are competitors. That, but that's their clique. And I mean, I see it definitely like swole on Friday nights here at Jungle Brothers. Of course, why wouldn't you come in and get your pump on? It's a good vibe. You don't necessarily want to be upstairs getting like your back taken by me. Uh, <laughs> and me, you know, working my um, cross faces. But, you know, like that said, I, I think that once people tap into that, I'm getting this, it feels good. I, I think I can get better at this. That is a hurdle people need to overcome. And that's what we're trying to do with the beginners is get people past that stage of, I don't know if this is for me. Yes. You know, you know, get them in and, and get them, get them to that stage where they feel like they have a degree of agency. Like they can learn, they can get better and then they're on the path. I that's think you're doing the thing. right thing with the, uh, just giving them confidence and uh, jazzing them up or razzing them up, as you said. I do. Um, and yeah, just giving them constant confidence. Cause I, I see it as like, uh, uh, it's a tough thing to get over that first hurdle or those first few hurdles. Um, yes. And I see it like with a kids sport, if I can bring it back to my kids and when you want them to do something and they enjoy doing it, but it's also very hard and you know better than them because you've had the experience, you're an adult, that if they get past that, you know, it's, it's going to be great for them. They're going to love it. And this is what happened with my son with soccer. Um, and it's just like, it's quite tireless encouragement, and doing things to make him feel good, even incentivizing it because you know it's worth it mm. for him. And then they break through, but it, it takes some time to get him to that stage. And now it's like, he's bugging me to go. <laughs> nice. um, but it's but I think you're doing the right thing, like trying to pass them across that that first little desert. Yeah, And it, it takes, you know, that, that degree of um, encouragement. Yeah. I think the metaphor, belief. Actually, Joey had mentioned it the other day that jujitsu white belts are babies. And you, you got to, you know... They fall over. You got to, you know, they, they're going to get back up. You did I say to, that? You, you did. You're not in a like a. a you were talking about your son. Yeah. And you're talking about learning. Ah, uh, yeah. And you were saying, you know, you see him like he's just starting to understand things and talking about space of time. That you've got to be patient. Like you're not going to learn to walk on your first day. You get up, fall down, crawl. <laughs> There's so many baby steps, literally, mm. in just being able to stand up, hold your head up, all that thing. And you're saying how. Uh, you know, one day for a kid that's only been alive seven days is huge. But as we get older, it shortens up and we, we become more impatient because we expect things. And, and you're just saying, like, when you see the development in your son that, you know, we're looking at the development of people who are, who are very inexperienced at a thing, whether it be S&C or Jiu-Jitsu or whatever it is. So we have to be patient. It is have a process. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm... I'm possibly the single most impatient person you've ever met in your life. 
uh, <laughs> to my own detriment. I drive my, I do my own head in on how impatient I can get. And really it depends on how well fed and how slept I am. I turn into a toddler. And <laughs> I, just, I just have a tantrum. Why do I have to wait? Why can't I have it now? Like I, I sometimes do, like I noticed the other day, I, I've started uh, reducing my eating in the morning. Um, just as a, a thing because no, no burgers for breakfast. Because we've got a shoot coming up. We do. <laughs> I, cannot, <laughs> I cannot have Joe. Yeah. It's real. It's real. I can't have Joe coming in lean. I'm looking like a fucking julienne salad right bruh. now. Ooh, <laughs> dang. And I, I don't want to get him pumped this morning. I don't want to be the fat brother. <laughs> They're like, oh, he's the he's lean the one. one. He's the fat yeah. one. <laughs> I want to know who's getting in the tanning bed though. Well- you seen, <laughs> have you seen the tan lines on the side? I have. Some of the videos hey man, right now I'm good. I'm good right <laughs> they now. Were they were your removalist tan I'm lines. Even, <laughs> yeah, I'm more even than you right now. So I've been working on it. That's the one that stands out the most. Uh, do you have a tanning bed? <laughs> does your client have a tanning bed? <laughs> <laughs> she does actually. Oh, no, yeah, she doesn't. Says, she amazing doesn't. tan. She does not. She's Eastern European skin. Mate, all year round. She makes you look light skin, bro. She's Hungarian, half something. She's oh my gosh, the best tan. Like, yeah. I know. That amazing, like, uh, like, like European kind of, like Northern European. It's golden. Sort of, blonde, yeah, it's a golden. It's golden. Blonde hair. Yeah. Blue eyes. Just golden tan. Um, I think it's one of those things. Guys, that, if you got a tan, send pics. <laughs> <laughs> I just get so jealous. Um, I, I was just thinking that um, sometimes I do get impatient because the other day I was a bit uh, curt. I was Tell a bit us a short. Um, just, uh, I usually with guys, especially if I've explained something a couple of times and then somebody does it wrong. I'm like, you're doing it wrong. And they're like, what? What, what do you mean? I'm and now I have to physically go over and move your arm here, put your hand here, do this. And then they just look at me like I'm the idiot. And I go, okay, I haven't communicated it clearly. There's also a voice in my head going, you never would have got this much feedback ever before in a different context. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to change the jujitsu <laughs> paradigm of just eat dirt and suffer. Yes. But also there, and I, it's funny in conversations with Paul, he's kind of like, oh, you know, Oh, just who needs stripes you know just leave him on that belt forever you know because that's what he experienced that was his but upbringing it was his upbringing it. and it's not really fair people need to know where they're at you got to kind of word them up but i kind of was like okay i'm going to do the position on you and i'm going to show you how it works <laughs> this is how you do a choke do you feel how that is okay good now this person's going to do that choke on you all right now you are now going to do the choke and they're like oh okay so i Choke them. I'm like, yes, you choke them. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's why it's called a choke. <laughs> so anyway, we got there in the end and I had to rethink it. Like they weren't, they weren't upset or whatever. It was totally fine. But uh, I did have to think, man, I've got to be a little bit more patient with, um, with people. And it, it's really, I think what it comes down to is I want people to get better faster so I can explain all the other good stuff. Yeah. And, it, and it's just, people don't really realize it's just so confusing and it's so different. But once you, get that, once you get that first sweep or you get that, that first submission, you're like, wow, this works. Mm. The buy-in is massive. And then it's just off to the races. I don't have to do a whole lot from there other than just provide the technique and give them opportunity to the do base. it. Yeah. It's a bit like uh, the training downstairs as well. Yeah. You know, if you have someone that's new that comes in, not particularly strong or has no kind of body awareness and hasn't done any physical exercise for some time, you get that base built, build the awareness – they start to get an understanding of stuff and then you get out of those fundamentals 
Yeah. And then you get to do some some fun, cool stuff. Cool stuff, you know, yeah. Some cooler stuff. It's all cool. I mean, no, I I think <coughs> it's I think it's it can be with jujitsu, it can be way cooler. Like yeah, in the same sure. way gymnastics can be way cooler than just a barbell lift. Like, don't get me wrong, there's beauty yes, in yeah, a deadlift. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But an Olympic snatch is like, wow, that's really cool. Yeah. And 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 so in terms of getting people I want people to be as enthusiastic about jujitsu as I am. Because I try and think about a world where everybody does jujitsu. The life would be better. People would be so less precious. People would be tougher. Sure, yeah. People would be a bit more durable, a bit more robust. You know, HR disputes could be solved very easily. Ooh. Knee surgeons would be having a great time. Mate, it would be yeah. fantastic. <laughs> Myotherapy. Yeah. Don't worry about charts. Kelly Starrett. Jared, you better book yourself out for the next few decades. <laughs> 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 but how good would it be, right? You'd just be like, okay, Julian, you got a problem with Karen? Ties off, let's go, <laughs> on the floor, double guard pull, take each other's backs, go. Yeah. And whoever takes the back uh, and chokes the other person, dispute solved. Karen, Karen though, is going to litigate. But no, no, <laughs> but she that's the thing. she's not going to litigate because she does jujitsu. Okay. She's going to take spider guard grips and won't let you pass. And you'll be stuck there forever. Yeah, there's, um, there's, it's funny talking about that impatience thing. I think as coaches, we can all identify with that. Um, and there's so many, there's, there's so many layers to the practice of jujitsu that we take for granted. Yeah. I think, you know, once you're comfortable, like even as guys who were already into physical kind of training, like Paul, you'd play, you came up playing rugby and doing boxing and, you know, I'd played, I played soccer. That was about it. But I used to wrestle with my brother, that kind of thing. So, but, and I loved watching UFC. JT, you obviously had your Taekwondo background. By the time you get, we got to jujitsu, being rough and physical with someone else was, was already kind of inbuilt. Like it wasn't a new thing. Yeah. Whereas these days, and I, and I think that back then, only people like, who had had that kind of experience found their way to jiu-jitsu. Yeah, ruffians. Um, yeah, that's right. You had people who weren't afraid to grind their head into another man's crotch. Exactly, in the name <laughs> of sport, yeah. <laughs> but wow. now it's like, it's so, you know, like I mean, our goal is to spread it and, and, and bring people into the program who have never done that kind of thing. And when you've got someone like that in your class, you know, you're showing them how to do a choke or whatever. And then you're like, they're just, why are they, fuck, I, I just need them to sink their teeth into it. Like, give me a bit of intensity. Like, yeah. like kind of what you were to like <coughs> fucking squeeze it. Like it's yeah. a choke, man. Like yeah. put some, but, you're, but that is like, that is us being like, well, actually they don't even have that layer of software built in, which is, which has taught them. Wanting to choke another. Grab human. something. Yeah. You know, like just that kind of a little bit kind of primal sort of, um, mm. I don't know, a little bit savage, a little bit kind of, a little bit mean, but you know, within like a safe Yeah, realm. within the bounds, yeah. Yeah, um, and I think that that's, that, that's just an interesting observation, isn't it? Because you, you say and you're like, oh, holy shit, so-and-so, like, man, you, and you, you, you think about it, it's usually after the fact, it's usually after the class, you're like, man, imagine what this class experience is like for that person. Like they mm -hmm. are like uncovering some parts of themselves that they've potentially never scratched the surface mm -hmm. on. Um, and when you can get that person to like show a bit of savagery, like sink the teeth into it a little bit, yeah, you, like that's a that's a beautiful moment. Oh man, I had a little bit of that this morning. So this morning it was just me and Artie, and um, shout out Artie. Uh, it's quite Stop. an interesting metaphor here. Well, not even a metaphor. I think it's just a parallel because she is an anaesthetist. So she puts people to sleep <laughs> for her job. That's a good and I'm like, that is a great nickname. That's bro. so if cool. If she was a WWE wrestler, 
Arnie, the anaesthetist. That's good. Mate, amazing. Comes out with a needle. She is. And it ties up her hair. For a patented move. Sleepy time. Man, and the... The long nap, good night. Um, I, it's one of those things that she is quite a, a reserved person and, and in the morning she's half asleep and that's fine. I keep threatening <laughs> to bring her coffee because it, it's she's only awake for the last 15 minutes of the class. But anyway, today we, we went through and I just showed her how to pass guard. And once she worked out, oh, I get around the legs and I pass the guard, she was jumping on my neck. I'm like, okay, now we're going to roll. And I, I kind of let her pass. She just jumped on my neck, jumped Bang. on my arm. There, there is definitely some something. Oh yeah, there. And I'm like, wow, how it it for me. I'm like, that's cool because she's starting to click into her own power, which she probably didn't even realize. Plus, she needs to strangle her brother Nando. Big time. Well, they she don't, but they don't drill together. Actually, do they, they did. Ah, oh, did they? They have. That's a breakthrough. And I think she's. She, she wants she wants some okay yeah Shall i think it would be guy. a huge thing for her to be able to try and tap nando yeah. <laughs> oh for sure yeah because he's also an anesthetist so it's hilarious isn't it both anesthetists yeah it's Fuck, it's both studying jiu-jitsu now yeah i mean obviously hard nando's got mean. got the jump on her uh, he's been doing it a bit longer but she's keen and it's it's great i i think you know we've all seen those videos like uh whatever bjj world star or whatever uh, you know, unsuspecting, you know, robbers stumble onto MMA fighter or BJJ yeah. world champion yeah, yeah, yeah. and dude just suplexes old mate, throws dude through a window and these guys are just running away and you just got some regular looking person who's had some really good grappling or fight training. And I would just love that to be everybody. You know, you cannot, don't get me wrong, I am somebody who struggles with technology and there's times when I, I think, man, I should have put more time into learning some administration skills. And actually it's not that hard. There's a lot of software that can help and I'm getting better now. But I just think there's people out there who have such specialized knowledge about like spreadsheets, you cannot spreadsheet your way out of a guillotine. Like if someone jumps on your neck, starts choking you, what are you gonna do? Well, that's serious. Because if that's not a controlled situation like jujitsu, you better react properly. Otherwise you're, you're stuffed. And I think if you know how to do a double leg and rear naked choke properly, Mate, you are ahead of 95% of everybody, just in terms of just dealing with physical confrontation. Yeah, and I, I never promote um, BJJ <laughs> as self-defense. That's not my thing. That's not my field. I wouldn't attest to that. But definitely in terms of just confidence, if you feel threatened by somebody, you know, you know that you could probably get out of there without hurting them badly and not being hurt too badly yourself. You know, that, that idea is, is really good. I, I really like that. And if I could give that to everybody, I'd be really happy. You ever used it? Either of you guys ever used it in a, uh, like in a street situation? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Um, Talk us through it. All right, well. I have not. Okay, well. I punched a guy once, but. Okay. No. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> two of them were actually yeah. friends who, well, uh, associates. People are like, ah, oh, you do this martial arts, BS, yeah, yeah, how about this? All right, let's go there. One of them was actually an initiation um, into, uh, my many years ago, um, initiation into a crew, graffiti crew, uh, some pretty kind of, some of them pretty tough guys, and one of them had done a bit of MMA training, and uh, everyone's like, oh, yeah, 
man, this guy, and like, I won't, I won't name him, Caleb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Caleb's done some MMA, bro. And I was like, man, he did like seven classes, bro, hundred <laughs> percent. And you know, just not technical like scrapper could, yeah. Honestly, if he'd landed an overhand right, could could knock me out. But he just decided he was going to try and grab me and tackle me, and I just went, okay, in front of all the guys. And I think Paul, who's the head of the crew, had kind of was like, Caleb, attack, attack James, <laughs> like see what he does, you know, like get a, get a reaction. And I just put him in a guillotine, and I slept him. Like I just standing guillotine, put it on, and he was still trying to like hit me and whatever. And I was like, nah. And I just kind of adjusted to like a front naked choke Ooh. and just really put it on and it just he kind of went limp and started dribbling on himself he's on the ground everyone's like hey! <laughs> and i was like that was nothing like an, it wasn't even a problem the actual time when i was able to use some jujitsu was actually in my hometown this sounds very strange it was just i think like a junkie guy i was just in the kind of underpass of the railway station i'd come back up to the blue mountains and this guy literally was all over the place walking around and i tried to avoid him and he shoulder bumped into me and i was like sorry mate He's like, you got a problem with me? And I was like, no, not at all. I'm walking on, man. I'll see you later. And he's like, no, nah, you do have a problem with me. And I was like, oh, God, I don't, I'm not interested in this at all. And, uh, yeah, he started to wail on me and I just kind of covered up a bit. And uh, it's a similar deal. It's kind of weird. Like guys getting close if they don't have training, they kind of try and hug you. And uh, I, just, I just kind of put him into a head arm choke and took him down and put him in a head arm choke. And he was trying to punch me in the face still. And I was like, mate, settle down. Like, calm down, you're gonna calm down. No, nah. just kept trying to hit me in the face. And I was like, had him in the head arm choke. So I started to put him out and he started to calm down. I'm like, you're gonna calm down. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and then I released him. He got up and he tried to punch me again. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this idiot. So I kind of snapped him down. I half took him down. I pushed him down on the ground. I didn't have him in knee ride, but I kind of had him on the side control. And I was like, mate, are you gonna relax? And his shoe would come off. And he grabbed his shoe and he threw it at my face. <laughs> I was like, mate, that's uncalled Like, just that's, calm down. Defensive. Mate, it's like he kicked me in the face, but he didn't kick me. Um, yeah, and I, I just, I basically put him back into a choke now. It's more like a rear naked choke. And pretty much half put him to sleep and just said, bro, you just got to calm down, all right? And then I half put him out. And when he kind of came to it, just taken the fight out of him. And he was like, kind of a bit like, oh. I'm like, you right? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Oh. And, and just... Yeah, it kind of diffused it. So I was like really surprised. Like I, I really don't like the whole street confrontation thing. Um, it's, not, it's not my vibe. <clears throat> I like a really good skillful exchange when you've got trained people fighting each other. That's awesome. Yeah. Because that's like, that's when you're really seeing something good. Totally. But then just, just street violence is just like, ah. Yeah. I think a lot of people think people who do jiu-jitsu and, and martial arts and whatever – um, think that people who do martial arts uh, would do really well on the street. And it's a bit of a side conversation, but it's not necessarily the case. Like, uh, And maybe it's just uh, trying to let everyone know that I practice martial arts to be more confident and because I enjoy the skill in the sport. And yes, it helps me deal with something if I ever had to, but I have no intention of using it mm. on the street if I can completely avoid it. Yeah. Because uh, the street is just different. Yeah, it's, totally. Man, just it's people ugly, are wild. It? It's ugly and it's unpredictable. And I'm only increasing my chances of safety for me and my family. Yeah. But if there's, if, I, if there's anything going down, I'm getting the hell out, out of there. there. Yeah. Because you just, like old matey them, you might pull out a weapon or something like yeah, that. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, you get stabbed with a oh, syringe or some shit. Oh, 
and it, like maybe you kick the dude's ass, but, and you, but then you're like, oh, now I'm stabbed with fucking someone's I've got blood. Yeah, I'm not interested. That's right. right. Yeah. No, and I, 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 you know, I live a very conservative lifestyle. Uh, you know, I don't go out late. I get up really early. Like my hours compared to other people's social times, pretty antisocial. You know, but that suits <laughs> me. You know, uh, you know, my day's done by the afternoon. The evening's free to train. And I've actually had this moment a couple of times where I've walked out of training like in St Kilda because uh, so where Inkerman Street is basically the Inkerman Hotel uh, is the main street point where people walk up the driveway to absolute MMA and it leads into Gray Street, which is one of the most kind of destitute housing commission prostitutes, people on crack street. It's like half a block away. And I've had moments where I've walked out of training so dead like just so I like couldn't move my arms, just beat to death, no energy. And I've walked out and I've just seen like three really rough dudes and I'm like, they can have whatever they want. I'll just, yeah, have it all boys. Take it. I've had that same thought where you're like, I've just been training to be like a weapon. And now, <laughs> but right now anyone could just do whatever they wanted to me. I'm so tired. I'm yeah. So gone. Yeah. A low peak of super conversation. <laughs> oh man. Like, that's boys come back in a few days. Yeah. <laughs> the perfect time to attack a martial arts straight after training when they're full of good hormones and dopamine and just, Wait, you know, that jujitsu high. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I, I think the misconception is that um, people would train Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for self-defense. Don't get me wrong, there is a component of that, and I know there's lots of schools where they, they teach that. Um, that's, that's not what I'm about. I'm, I really I, I teach Jiu-Jitsu for people to overcome their personal issues and improve themselves and, and, and find a lot from that. And I'm pretty confident if somebody's like a tough blue belt, they will handle themselves better than someone who's never trained and just full of full of smoke or full of confidence and just wants to punch on yeah and uh yeah i found um i think too that the 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 way it helps to regulate your anger levels is really important as well because if you don't have some kind of high intensity physical outlet like that then there's every chance that you're going to be carrying around all this pent-up stress that you accumulate from work and relationships and whatever, just day-to-day stuff. And this is what you see with people on the street, right? Like I've been blown away at a few instances recently where people have been really rude to me in traffic, Mm. like cut me off and, you know, like stick their finger up, like stuff. And I'm like, and I I just think to myself, I'm like, peep later. Like (laughs) if you knew what I could do to you, <laughs> like if I wanted to, yeah, like you wouldn't act like that. No, mm. but because whatever you're, you know, you're, you're like, I don't know, maybe you're stressed, maybe you're just arrogant, maybe you just got no manners. Yeah. But I'm like, thankfully, like I'm not particularly stressed, and and I know that you just are unaware of the reality of life. Yeah, I'm not going to retaliate. But it's like you, you, I might approach that situation differently if I didn't do something a few times a week that enabled me to like level out my stress yes you know like i might be like i'm gonna fucking chase this guy down and like do some stupid road rage incident yeah which you see happening all the time right can happen yeah um so i think like both from that perspective of like not getting into trouble yourself but then also just how you respond when when potential issues Mm. come your way Mm. yeah i think that's really important and i think also if you just go people before jujitsu and people after jujitsu like people in a rush to get to jujitsu oh i gotta get there i want to get my jujitsu fix but then afterwards it's just like so mellow it's just you know you just hang out 
have a bad, <laughs> yeah. lie on the mat, you know, whatever. And then you just drive home just like not a care in the world. And that's an amazing feeling. If people could have more of that in their lives, it would be great. And so when I think about the things that I do outside of jiu-jitsu to help, help me regulate my crazy brain, um, meditation is one that helps me a lot. And, you know, journaling and trying to just center myself. But jujitsu is forced mindfulness. When you have someone sitting on your chest trying to choke you, all you can think about is, I got to get out of here. I got to survive. I, I, you know, you, and you can't think about your bills. You can't think about what's going on in your life. You can't think about things that aren't relevant to your survival in that moment. But the great thing about it is, you're not sitting there going, think of a candle, breathe in through my nose, breathe out through my mouth. Like you are freaking focused. And when you get out, the joy of getting out, like as much as there's a degree of joy in submitting another human, getting out of that triangle, getting out of that armbar, it's like, yeah, I did it. Oh no, another submission. You know, like <laughs> you get a little bit over yeah. enthusiastic. Um, the there is something which is hard to explain if you're out there listening and you've never done jiu-jitsu and you're thinking god these guys are just mad for this thing once you have experienced jiu-jitsu and and how full-on it is and then you actually apply the knowledge which is very satisfying you you get the dopamine the dopamine release serotonin release of reward which is hey that worked and then two you get that connection of really physical strong closeness with another human who isn't necessarily like your intimate partner but in that moment you're up close and personal when it's all done that's an amazing experience like just five minutes of that is crazy mm, and mm. i mean i don't know about you paul i don't know when you started but i know that not my first experience of jujitsu, not, not my first class, but after a couple of classes, I was like, wow, this is really powerful. I have to do this. And I think a lot of people get that. Um, did you have an experience like that, Paul? Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Just like that happens all the time, I guess, when you learn something. But I do. I, it, it was a while ago, <laughs> as you pointed out before. Both of you, um, I didn't but, say shit. You mate. know, when when someone <laughs> <laughs> he's feeling well, that. I just hate. asked the question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Paul's like, fucking these hate guys. Guys. <laughs> yeah. um, Paul's like, come to Fight Factory, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Yeah. I don't know to, if you want these legs, yeah. bro. <laughs> you want me to DC you, bro? <laughs> <laughs> you want to get DC, bro? You want me to blow your light bulb out, bro? You want me to blow your light bulb Um yeah, uh, when someone taught me how to sweep, I always thought sweeping was a really satisfying thing. Mm. Yeah, like when you when you when you learn a sweep and it kind of whatever it's if it's scissor or it's capturing you know whatever, and when it teeters over, you're like, oh shit, that was really efficient. That's very satisfying. In the same way, when you learn a, a throw and you're drilling it and you feel those 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 uh, weight shifts. And, you know, you, it's laborious at first and then you, like, get your feet underneath deeper and your hips are under and then it's super efficient and you just hear them go, bang, and then they slap you like, oh, that's fucking rad. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and then, say, for instance, if you do that live yeah. from the drilling, then that's that's the raddest part. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah. And the same way with Fight Factory when you learn something and then you're – you're setting it up and you're yeah. pouring away and you're setting it up and then bam, bang, that is so satisfying. It really yeah. is. And um, yeah. And, 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 and as you said before, the defensive stuff is very satisfying too, when you can defend and overcome, um, you know, 
maybe it's someone that always is very difficult for you and has, you know, something on you, whether it's size or they're just better skilled and they use something and you figure it out. Um, it's very satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like to frustrate people. That's kind of my hobby. Yes. Uh, it's just <laughs> causing infuriation. You're a fucking red belt. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more that I'm a red on belt off at the infuriating you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Grandmaster JC. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. But uh, it, it's one of those things, right? Because I, I, I had said this to a client of mine many years ago. They go, that's not a word. I'm like, man. Infuriate? No, no, no. Wait for it. Uh. So... Um, I, I adversify people's lives. So <laughs> adversity and diversify. That's an app you need to develop. <laughs> adversify. Yeah. If you want and a little bit, five minutes of frustration every day, yeah. listen to my voice. Uh, so I adversify my students' lives. So I'll let them get submissions and then I'll just work my way out of it. And they're like, oh, so close. You weren't. <laughs> <laughs> because there is a bit of that. Like uh, as much as I, I do what I can to kind of, you know, kind of smooth the way in, you know, you catch, um, okay, even though the uh, saying's a bit redundant, you know, they say you catch more flies with honey, whatever. If you're nicer, you get more people in. But in truth, jujitsu is not an easy thing. So you gotta kind of, you gotta push people. You gotta kind of G them up a bit to be tough and uh, try and do that in subtle ways. And I do that through low level kind of like, you know, poking the bear a little bit, find people's sore spot and work it a little just to see how they respond because it's important for them to know that it's not personal and that there will be times when they're going to be under physical duress and they have to stay calm. So if mm. you can't stay calm mm. under somebody just talking to you, how are you going to stay calm when you've got someone like basically with 20 kilos of belly fat on your face, with they haven't worn a rashy and they've got a sweaty stomach and no you've got hairs in your face and you're like, you're actually just trying to get a little bit of breath. <gasps> you know, in movies when they- Motherfuckers hotboxing me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in movies like the car's sinking, there's that bit of oxygen at the back of the car and the, the hero or protagonist will just just take that little last sip of That's air. That's nightmarish, those scenes. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's how it I mean, feels under tight. big man side control. Mm. You've just got big country Roy Nelson belly on <laughs> you and you've got to just make a little bit of space. <sighs> And oh. then get back under and oh, to Adam Child is able to put a little bit of that on me. Yeah, look, I mean, he's got that little dad bod belly, but that that's side control pressure. Bruh. It's tough. And I see you with that thing. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, for all of you out there who are not privy to the in-joke, which is being DC, uh, there is currently a rerun of the best of uh, Brown Cardigan. Yeah, I think it's like their top 100 post top this year. Top 100, and there there is a there is a moment <laughs> where you guys could probably Google. Do you want to do you want to get DC'd? Yeah, I, I don't know if he's referring to direct current or what, but it's <laughs> the guy you. with his fists up Daniel in the air. Cormier. Yeah, and he's and, looking at a guy. And he's got one gardening glove on. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to get a, DC'd? And he's, it's a video of a street altercation. Yeah, someone's filmed and. Anyway. Two guys kind of shaping up. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a bit sad, but it's also hilarious. It is hilarious. Um, I got a um, I got a jits self defense street story I want please? to share with you guys. Yes. Was um was not was it wasn't me uh, under threat. It was it was at Bondi back in the day, mm. and there was a group of us. It was a big group of people. Pub had closed, and a bunch of people had moved up to like come in Waters Kebab Shop or something. It's a big kind of <laughs> line. It was about six people wide, probably sort of 10 people deep, all lined up wow. at the window to get some food from this place. And, uh, you know, like that becomes like the gathering spot. There's, I don't know, there's probably about 30, 40 people kind of hanging around. And there were two guys who were um, 
uh, getting into an argument with uh, another dude and the, the dude was with his girlfriend and he, I'd seen him, he was a bit of a Bondi guy, I don't know who he is, but he, he was a bit of a local dude around there. Anyway, these guys, these two guys are behind him and his girlfriend and they're like getting in, he's kind of turning around being like, yeah, fuck off, mate, you know, whatever. And yeah. they're like, blah, 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 like, and he's, you know, kind of talking shit to him and he's like having to go. And um, he turns around and says something to one of them and it turns into a bit of a scuffle. Yeah. And uh, he kind of like pushes the guy away or whatever. And the situation seems to calm down and I'm, I'm behind these guys. So right. I'm like right there. And uh, the situation seems to calm down. The two guys kind of just peter out and disappear. And then a uh, moment later, they, they come back and one of them gets back in front of me and starts like getting in the dude's face again. And then, the, so those two engage in just another verbal battle. And then the other guy turns up and, uh, and he's comes in right in front of me and he's got a bottle in his hand. Oh no. And he's about to bottle this dude in the back of the head. And, oh. was, and I'm like, fuck. And, and you know, like at that moment you're like, oh, this is really serious. Yep. And uh, he starts to like move in and I've, I've already kind of looked at my man. I think I'm with Rob Norman and, and Rob's Norman. like, oh fuck. And it's like, oh shit. And so I just throw a rear naked choke on this guy. Nice. And I man. drag him, I drag him out of the group. Yes. And I, and I just squeeze it. Like I squeeze it. I can't remember, like I use it to control him and then I just squeezed it really hard for a few seconds and he goes limp. Nice. And then I, I ease him to the floor. And while that's happening, his mate's still having a verbal, verbal argument with old mate. And um, his friend looks over as he's in the verbal thing and sees <laughs> his buddy on his the mate. ground. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just kind of standing there and he's like, oh fuck, what's happened? And he like runs over. <laughs> You're like, I don't know what yeah, happened. And I'm just kind of standing there like, oh, is it on? And the dude on the ground, like he like come gets up and he's like, what the fuck did you do to me, man? And I'm like, I'm like, relax, man, relax. And then the other guy's like, let's get the fuck out of here. And they run away. Nice. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that was perfect. But the, the thing that always got me about it was that old mate who was about to get glassed knew nothing of it. Wow. And he was like, and he was kind of swanning around like, yeah, I just, I just fucking scared those two lads away. And I'm like, bro, you're about to get glassed in the back of the head. Oh, damn. I didn't know, I didn't, I didn't talk to him. I was just like, oh, whatever, let's get our kebabs and go. Not all, not all Jungle Brothers wear capes. Right. Oh. <laughs> so he, he didn't swing the ball around trying to hit you. He was coming to drop it. It. it was by his hand and it was, it was that moment where you're like, he's about to strike the dude. So, yeah. And yeah. then I just went, but, and just cut it like just. But he, he couldn't have reached around and hit you with the bottle no i think i think he dropped it and he was trying to stop oh, your yeah, hands up yeah yeah trying to defend that that's wow, so that's good. Good. That's i didn't know that perfect, story man yeah i mean it was kind of it wasn't really a big thing at the time you know was, and yeah. i was probably drunk it's like all a bit of a, a bit of a haze but so yeah good. yeah i was like ah, but lucky like came in handy for sure yeah and i i think that's probably what people underestimate is that pe you know people love boxing people love kickboxing it makes sense to punch and kick right but in truth, if you if you take a hard hit to the head, and I've had a couple, um, it's not a good vibe. You know, concussions, whatever. You know, fractured orbitals, broken totally. noses, lose losing teeth, not much fun. Getting choked out's not that bad. Like if no, you get, comparatively gentle, yeah, and you're not you getting the same level of brain damage. You know what I mean? Like if anything, if you if you go out only for a, like you just kind of out and then you're back. There's no real brain death there, so you. You know, you're not getting a concussion. So even though it's, you know, oh yeah, I'll, oh, I wouldn't want to do that jujitsu stuff. That's so rough. But yeah, I'll do boxing and I'll take hits to the head. Yeah, you oh, know, I'll, I'll put my kid in a rugby team. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like it's just one of those things. Is that 
I would definitely, if I was thinking about my kid, I'd rather have them wrestle or do judo or do um, BJJ over a striking art just for the for their brain. So I think that to take that, if you've never done jujitsu, I'm going to say that for your brain health, not necessarily your joint health, you do get a few lumps and bumps with joints and knees and ankles and things, but definitely if you uh, value your brain and you want to do a martial art, I think jujitsu is is the right art. I mean, thinking too, like in that situation, say I had have been like a boxer or something and, and I'm like, try to oh, I'm just going to fucking punch this dude. Yeah. Then it's on. Yeah. And everyone starts getting And then he swings the bottle on yeah, you. Yeah, like it's a total mess, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and you're like, oh, you don't want to go to that. Whereas like the, the grapple thing, being able to control someone, maybe apply a choke or a joint lock, it's very, it is the most passive way to be dominant in that situation yeah, and you diffuse that situation you yeah. save the day joe i saved the fucking day that's wow. a good one. i think i still see that guy around every now and again and i always want to tell him <laughs> mate like, i no, saved you, you. <laughs> yeah, i carry that <laughs> one to the grave <laughs> you <laughs> owe me homie <laughs> he might be listening to this podcast and we've got a lot of listeners man bruh come if in you know that guy tell that guy tell that guy yeah, yeah. Oh, that guy, he's here. that guy at bondi that you always see when you're at bondi <laughs> <laughs> that used to be you looks like he surfs a bit yeah <laughs> trains sometimes yeah it was <laughs> oh wow that's a good story that's i don't i wouldn't have, yeah i wouldn't have reacted that way but it's natural for you to like you know that's and it was only was very it, i wasn't gonna get involved it was only once the threat of oh fuck this dude's gonna get cut like mm. this is this is actually gonna turn really mm. nasty real quick and i am the first person in line like and you've seen it yeah i probably would have avoided it otherwise if i had been a few people back a few less like, drinks. Yeah, a few less drinks. It was just that I was like, right place, right time. Yep, yep. Um, yeah. Amazing. Uh, oh, yeah. You, you heard it here first. That's right, guys. <laughs> That's awesome. Jungle Brothers exclusive. But uh, So what's the, you know, what's the process then for like... Um, for someone that's coming in, say, something I want to touch on with the training at Jungle Brothers, uh, we have the jiu-jitsu, we have the stuff going on downstairs, which is very unique because when you go... When you train just jiu-jitsu you just turn up to the academy and all that's on offer is jujitsu. Yeah. So you're like, well, great. For me to engage with this community, I'm going to do the class. Whereas here, <laughs> you can engage with the community. You can do a swole class. Yep. You can do lift. You could do a stretch class. You could go up and do jits. There's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of options on the plate, which is really beautiful. But it also means that, um, like, say for you as a coach up in the jujitsu program, you see someone that you're like, oh, like, Artie's doing really well. I hope she's back at class tonight. And then you're like, Oh, she's downstairs doing stretch class. You're like, which, why is she not up here working Damn on her jujitsu? Yeah. Like there's a different thing there from a coach's perspective, isn't yeah. there? And, and look, I actually think it's good. I mean, what that means is uh, the JITS program grows a little bit slower because you haven't got like hardcore. I mean, we have, like we said, we have our dedicated women, savage sisters who, who love to train all the time. Um, but what that means is we have more well-balanced people. So we've got people who are looking after their bodies. They are getting stronger, getting more flexible, but they're also doing jujitsu. Ultimately, uh, and we were like touching on this before, Joe, um, that is more of an optimum. That's good. Even though it means the progress is slower, it's more sustainable. You haven't got people jumping in, frothing out, and then getting like a, a super bad injury six months in because they're not looking after their body. And I think that is a huge value in the culture of Jungle Brothers is that people are here f for their health as well as their enjoyment. And, and, and that means, our, you know, if that means we have less, you know, mat rat killers, it doesn't matter because we've got good, healthy people 
learning good jiu-jitsu and if they're staying uninjured and they're staying healthy they're going to learn better even if their path is a fraction longer they'll enjoy it more and i i i think the model is actually great so even though i love me some hardcore pojada um, <coughs> i think it's short short-lived it's just a short it's a it's a limited vision that's a uh, that's a jiu-jitsu term thrown around there meaning fight yeah, just going hard. Getting after it. Yeah, and, and, and you're sure. There's, I love hardcore things. I love anything hardcore because, like, it's sensational. It gets you going. Like, it's, it's cool, right? But in truth, that's, that's, not, that's not the best way to live a life. And uh, definitely, if I had been smarter about my jiu-jitsu, I think I would have had less injuries. And, yeah, I, I, would, I would say in the last 13 years, I've spent at least two and a half to three years off the mat with serious injury. And that's, oh, that's wasted time. Mm. So, yeah, I, th- I think what, what we have here at Jungle Brothers is unique and great. And I'd like to see more of it. And uh, we are seeing more of it. Um, shout out to um, Garage Jiu-Jitsu Wollongong. Yeah. Because, Joey, you went down there, didn't you? You, see, you saw what they were. Yep, yep. Caught up with Ryan. Runs a gym down there. Good man. Really, really cool little gym. Really cool squad. And yeah, I mean, in terms of like those guys adopting like what we've been putting out through Bulletproof for BJJ, which is JT and my little side hustle. Um, those guys are like, they're doing it. He's got a little gym space next to the mats and all these members are like doing some kettlebell stuff, doing some calisthenics, stretching. And that's like culturally, that's, that's really what we're speaking to. It's like what we're trying to do at Jungle Brothers on a larger scale. Mm. And these guys are starting to adopt a bit of that. You know, you could say that like, our gym was was typically more like uh, strength and conditioning centric um, with, you know, fight stuff tacked on. And then now the, it's starting to get into more of a balance. At a gym like that, it's obviously more fight centric. But even just a little bit of that stuff thrown onto the side, if it can flourish, I think it just means your your member base stays so much healthier. Yeah. They stay yeah. in the game, right? And that's, that's the thing. Everyone loves jujitsu. But if you just train it all the time – you end up being forced out of it at some point for the, for the majority of people. Yeah. One thing I, I really take for granted, but I think about it now is um, the movement screen. Um, and I think back, oh shit, I, I moved okay when I first started jujitsu, but you know, there's some train wrecks walking around and they go in, they're interested and it's like, what size gear you, you know, <laughs> and you're you on tonight. Uh, yeah. Whereas like I couldn't, I couldn't allow someone to jump even into any movement without me, you know, even if it's friends at the park or something like that and on holidays, I'm not going to just get a family member. Okay. Do this little workout with it. Fuck. You got to be responsible about how you move. Right. Man. I have a great story about Bang. this happened last Friday. Shout out Johnny Dozan from my BJJ back problems, all kinds of issues coming to see me doing bulletproof can barely lift a 32 kilo kettlebell for a, a kettlebell deadlift comes to a Friday night open mat, puts the gi on, me and Nate having a roll. He warms up well, which is good. And I said, Johnny, take it easy. We're not, you know, we're just, you know, I don't want you to get an injury here. Just just have a roll, you know. I'm in spider guard. He picks me up off the ground, whips my leg to the side like he is going to pass my guard. And I just went, I started laughing. I broke out. I was like, stop. That's so funny. 
we need to start doing your SNC wearing a gi, mate, because you just deadlifted <laughs> 92 kilos <laughs> and you can't deadlift a 32 kilo kettlebell. He's like, no, no, I felt good, you know. <laughs> Johnny, what are you doing? It doesn't match up at all. No, it just doesn't because when he's in the gi, he, you know, he feels like he's in his Superman suit or something, right? And what's so funny to me is there's people out there training jujitsu who wouldn't, oh, would want to deadlift or hurt my back. But, yeah. <laughs> but they get upside down under some huge human and do something crazy because under the banner of jujitsu, it's all good. And in truth, it's, it's not. And I, and I, I think that um, what is so good is that more and more people are paying attention to these things. And mm. what, what we're doing is creating a structure for people to be able to do more of that so that they, their bodies are in good nick and they can learn jujitsu and it's good times for everyone. Yeah, there's a um, – it is – like the standard thing in our gym is if you come in, you want to train, you have a consult with one of us and then you go through three personal training sessions, which the first one of those is the movement screen that Paulie's talking about. And then after you've done that and we've, and we've given you like imparted this prerequisite knowledge on you and also assessed where you're, where you're honestly at, then you can start classes, right? But you compare that to like what happens at a standard jiu-jitsu academy and it's like you walk in off the street and it's like, Mate, jump in. First class is free. Have a great time. And it's like, there's something nice about that in that freedom and openness. But it's also like, like you said, it just for knowing what we know, it's just irresponsible. It's reckless, oh, man. It's yeah, and like so reckless. Yeah, and I mean, we don't want we don't want that blood on our hands. Like, you don't <laughs> no. want someone to come in, get hurt, and be like, oh, well, I just fucked them up. Yeah, because I was, you know, I didn't apply my standards to this uh, this process that they're going through now. Yeah, you know, definitely. so yeah, I think that's really, I think that's really special, and I see that with, like, I love seeing like UJT. You're doing most of the foundation programs for the people coming into the Jits program here, yes, right? That's right. Yeah, um, it's mad seeing you work with them downstairs, teaching them stuff, assessing them, and then you know, uh, whatever, half a week, a week later, they're up on the mat starting jujitsu, and you just know that they're really they're starting it in the best way possible. Yeah, like we're doing everything we can to make sure that they're going to be successful with it. Yeah, and even though, you know, obviously I, I have my jujitsu-centric bias, which is, you know, I would love to see them on the mat three or four times a week if it's possible, but but it's actually okay if they're there twice a week and I know they're actually doing mobility and doing strength work twice a week or they're coming in and doing another class. Mate, that's actually, that's awesome. And it just means that we're going to be able to keep people. And I think that's possibly the thing that's, not talked about is how many people we lose to injury and because bigger gyms they're, they're big enough for people to get lost and you know here at jungle brothers we're, we're a tight enough community that if someone's not here we notice it and there's lots of systems in place to say hey what's going on with that person and every week we're talking about looking after our people so i mean i don't know how easy it is for other gyms to replicate that but i feel like if we can do it here and we're not a full-time jiu-jitsu gym it could definitely be done in other places yeah i think it's just a culture thing isn't it yeah mm. i think jiu-jitsu has just been like on the whole has benefited from like it's just it's in its infancy yes you know so it's like yeah there's no follow-up for people that don't show up there's minimal follow-up if you get injured yeah jump into a class kind of whatever you like sort of thing whereas you look at the gym the gym game and it's like you it's very competitive Yes. Uh, like in terms of businesses out there. So you, you got to do a good job. You got to offer a premium service if you wish to offer a premium service, I guess. Um, which means following up with people, managing injuries properly, like all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, the, it's, it's, I like that we've been able to apply that to the whole JITS thing. Definitely. 
Raise the standard a bit. Yeah, state of the art. I think that's a saying that's kind of been lost. But the thing is, like, if you, it's basically looking at what is done as common practice and we are trying to expand the state of the art, which is the oh, art of jiu-jitsu. I like that. That's what we're trying like to do. I like that too. When, so um, for someone, in, in closing up, for someone who's like listening and thinking about it, I'd like to give it a try there. Like what's the, obviously they, they get in touch with the gym, but say it's a member here and they've been watching it going on and they're like training downstairs and they want to give it a try. How do they go about it? I, they, I think there's, there's two options. Um, one is that, you know, we are offering like a jiu-jitsu foundation. That's a, a bit of a new thing. So if they've never worn a gi and they're, they're like, oh man, I really want to do it. That's an opportunity for them to do a one-on-one session uh, with myself or, or one of the other coaches and, and get some orientation, learn how to tie their belt, learn some terminology, demystify this thing a bit so that when they come to the class, they're like, oh, they don't feel as alien. They feel a bit more integrated. And then also give them an opportunity to get a gi too. So if they're like, yeah, I like this thing. I've tried it. I, I want to do this thing. They have an opportunity to get a, a gi on discount. But then also, if you are someone who's trained regularly and maybe you've tried Jiu-Jitsu somewhere else and you're thinking about coming here, um, you can just come to one of our fundamentals class. It's good for you to contact us first because I'll make sure I'm, I'm here to introduce you. I, I don't teach every class, but I always try and make sure that I, I'm a point of contact and be able to introduce them to the instructors. I mean, the instructors here will know if you're not, you know, one of our regular people. Um, and yeah, it's just making sure that you, you get looked after. Because I think that's the vibe here at Jungle Brothers is that you don't just walk in like a stranger. It's like, yeah, you're walking into a, a house and everyone lives here and you get introduced to people and it's, you know, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a friendly vibe. So I think um, it's easy enough for people to reach out either via email or whatever it might be, but we are definitely uh, cultivating more of a, a jiu-jitsu-specific integration. So people feel like, yeah, I can come here. I feel good here. Good times. I like that. Guys, if you, are, if you are interested in that or you want to know anything about, uh, about our training, you can get us junglebrothers.com uh, or you can get us on the Instagram at junglebrothersmovement. Um, and if you want to know anything about the jiu-jitsu or the bodyweight strength or the foundation program, just hit us on any of those avenues. Send us a DM or send us an email through the, the website and we'll get back in touch to have a bit of a chat with you. Um, where can people find your stuff, JT? On the uh, socials if people want to contact me on Instagram, it's at JT underscore tenacity. Um, on Facebook, it's James Tenacity Tomlinson. And yeah, I mean, people can find me here at Jungle Brothers. Um, and also, you know, if you want to know more about the S&C stuff for BJJ, it's uh, at Bulletproof for BJJ. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm here. The best way for you to find out what I'm doing is come see me at Jungle Brothers. That's the easiest way. But boys, thank you so much for having me on. It's it's great to be back on the JB's podcast and um, just riffing with you guys, catching up with Joe. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's good to chat. It's been too long. Looking forward to hanging out in a couple of hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! No, it's great to to have you here um, this year as a full timer, and mad to have you on the potty. Yeah, my Fine. pleasure. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you, boys. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that episode. Please uh, share it with a friend. Take a screenshot of it. Tag us, Instagram it. Do something. Helps us support the show. Hope you guys love it. Thank you to Panavore, who uh, I, I didn't drink the coffee today because I was pre-caffeinated, but the boys have been sipping on the delicious it brew. It was fantastic. It's mm -hmm. good coffee, huh? Make sure you check them out if you're ever in Pagewood. And um, we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.